Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome back to The Expert Slot. Today, I'm joined by Gillian Lavender, the co-founder of the London Meditation Center and the New York Meditation Center, where she teaches Vedic meditation. In today's episode, Gillian and I talk about how she came to find meditation, some of the benefits, and how she suggests you go about learning if you're keen. Here's Gillian. Hello, Gillian Lavender. Hi, Hi. how are you? Good, you've got the most appropriate name for what you do. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody said to me, is that your meditation name or is that your real name? (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about how you came to teach meditation. Oh yeah, gosh. Um, a long time ago, I learned to meditate. I'm showing my age, but it was about 20-something years ago, and I was living in Australia, mm-hmm. and I was working in a startup. I was responsible for setting up a publishing company, part of an international company, and I found out about it through a friend. Um, it's his, actually his father, who was uh, somebody who had had a lifetime of issues with sleeping, mm-hmm. and he was an insomniac, and he tried all sorts of things and then he tried meditation and he started sleeping and that got my attention because I was tired and I was a bit strung out and I was feeling overwhelmed with everything I was traveling a lot internationally so I was Mm -hmm. sort of dealing with jet lag and I was really you know burning the candle at both ends and uh, so I thought okay I'm going to check this out and I have to be honest I I kind of didn't know anything about it Mm -hmm. you know this Mm -hmm. is going back in time when meditation was distinctly weird and I didn't have a background in that I didn't come from that kind of a you know didn't even have really a strong religious spiritual background and when I grew up um so it was a bit of a leap for me and then I heard all about the science you know Mm -hmm. of it as well and that really sort of was compelling and I was like right I'm going to do it Mm -hmm. and I just jumped in and took the course and started to notice the changes very very quickly which is Mm -hmm. what our students um report and uh so you know I noticed that I was waking up before my alarm clock which had not been happening my energy levels were sustaining themselves through the day. You know, I used to get that afternoon dip where mm. I'd be propping myself up with sugar or caffeine, and I just didn't need to do that. Were you and meditating I, twice a day? Yeah. So we, in Vedic meditation, we meditate before breakfast, ideally, mm-hmm. and then late afternoon, early evening. So tell me what made Vedic meditation is. Vedic meditation comes from a body of knowledge called the Veda, which means pure knowledge. A body of knowledge which from from which we get yoga, meditation, Ayurveda, which mm-hmm. is the ancient system of natural health care, which is a big part of my training and specialization. Um, so it's about five to 10,000 years old, the oldest okay. technique that we have, and yet practiced by millions of people in the world today. Mm-hmm. And it involves sitting in a chair or sitting comfortably um, where you can have back support, close the eyes and feel safe for 20 mm-hmm. minutes twice a day. You are taught a mantra, a mm-hmm. sound, which is relevant to you. And so not everybody has the same mantra. Mm-hmm. So part of my job is to be able to allocate the correct vibration. 
And it's a very particular sound because when you think it silently, mm-hmm. it starts to automatically and spontaneously settle down and become more refined. And that pulls the mind into very, very deep, subtle layers very, very quickly. And as a result, the body becomes deeply rested, uh, much deeper than sleep within a few minutes. And uh, we do that, you know, for 20 minutes, come out and we bring all of that energy and all of the, you know, the benefits that come from that. So it's a, it's a practice which is very natural, yeah. very easy. Can I ask you about the science behind it? Because you referenced that and I know that there's some staggering information surrounding meditation. I wondered if you could share a little bit of that. Yes, I mean, it's, it, there's an abundance of information now about meditation i you know i always refer to some of the earliest studies on this technique which Mm -hmm. were way back in the 70s -hmm. and uh you know we're looking at things like what happens to your metabolic rate what happens to the biochemistry what's happening to brain functioning Mm -hmm. what's happening to the constriction and the dilation of the blood vessels in the body um what's happening to heart rate all of these things and uh you know so what it all points to is a very particular psychophysiological signature which is a you know a mind body state that we get into Mm. when we're meditating so meditation is changing the brain we Mm -hmm. see that on the eeg a lot of engagement in the front part of the brain which is incredibly important for us as humans because that's our higher functioning we call that prefrontal cortex the ceo of the brain because it's what's governing our decision making so interestingly when we're stressed and when we're tired that's the part of the brain that goes offline so not so great making good decisions so we want that to be engaged and what we see with meditation is that that activates that and it stabilizes that Mm -hmm. and a lot of by hemispheric coherence so left and right hemisphere which is associated with Um, peak moments of creativity and insight so that's just you know the brain and there's just Mm -hmm. so much going on there yeah Um, the body you know when we're stressed produces things like cortisol norepinephrine which is produced by the adrenal glands these are the things that keep you wired Mm. and on the go Mm. and what meditation does is it shuts down all of that stress chemistry the production of that and the body starts to produce its own endogenous biochemistry which I call bliss chemistry, you know, serotonin, normalizing dopamine levels, all of this stuff that our body knows how to produce, but it can't do that when we're stressed and we're tired. Right. So we're activating a normal state in the physiology. Uh, so, you know, these are some of the things. And, and what, we, what we do see is that the metabolic rate is dropping um, very, very quickly. So much deeper than when you're at sleep at night Mm -hmm. so there i was the other day meditating on the train and if you had me hooked up to all the right equipment you would have seen that my metabolic rate was two to five times deeper than sleep right and i'm sitting upright on the tube you know yeah um now that rest is phenomenal and it's incredibly efficient Mm -hmm. and it's absolutely uh, a game changer in terms mm. of what it's doing to our body mm. in terms of rebalancing and purifying and getting rid of stuff. So how did you come to start teaching then? You know, I had a career in running publishing companies and I had thrown myself into that. It had been all about my career. And uh, I, you know, I just got to a point where I was, I wasn't waking up feeling like, oh, you know, this is mm. it. I 
I loved the people side of it, but I just, I was like, uh, something needs to change here. And mm. so I didn't know, I didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. you know? And I think like, all oh, oh, like many Kiwis, we seem to sort of get our backpack on and take off and go around. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of what I did. I just sort of, I, you know, I'd had a life of very kind of knowing what was happening and having that you know paycheck coming in and it was all sort of mapped out for me and I sort of just put everything in storage you know and went traveling and sort of threw myself into the unknown and and I met up with my teacher of meditation actually he'd moved back to the U.S. from Sydney um he's American Mm -hmm. and uh he said why don't you come and spend some time here in Flagstaff Northern Arizona and I ended up being there for like I don't know 18 16 months or something um and I trained to become a teacher of meditation and I you know it's funny I I think often we can think about these times in our life where we don't actually remember making a decision it happened Mm -hmm. and it was clearly meant to happen it was something that I could see the need for and I I could see that given my own experience I could make it accessible and kind of overcome some of those perhaps possible misconceptions mm-hmm. that are there for people that I had you know all that time ago um and make it real and make it modern and, and make it relatable mm. and accessible so in this episode we've jotted down kind of five points that might mm. act as helpful guidelines into meditation particularly if you are one of those people who feels it's not for you <laughs> so we're going to chat first about how it works because you were saying that often you have people say to you that they couldn't possibly meditate because their minds are too busy and the idea of switching off their mind is basically impossible yeah yeah what's your response to that i say if you can think you can meditate and you know i i give these introductory talks i'm doing one tonight you know there'll be 50 people in the room and there'll always be you know some person who's brave enough to put their hand up and say have you ever had anybody that this doesn't work for you know and I oh say, have you uh, and I say no yeah. you know because if you you have to be open curious and willing to follow some simple instructions but what we're doing is we're working with the nature of the mind rather than fighting against the mind so I have many many people come to me having tried and there's an interesting word tried mm-hmm to meditate, mm-hmm. tried to silence their mind, tried to stop the thoughts. Mm. And that's not how the mind works. Yeah. I mean, the moment I say to you, okay, um, stop thinking, mm. you know, now you're thinking about not thinking and it just, yeah. it becomes this battle. Mm-hmm. Now, we, what we need to do is we need to understand what it is that the mind wants. So what your mind wants is something which it perceives to be charming. So let's say we're having this great conversation here and somebody next door starts playing your favourite song. Yeah. Oh, that's that song. Oh, my mind has just gone there. That's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Oh, I love that song. That's charming. Even if I'm thinking about something icky, you know, it's because of the the bliss that lies beyond the solution, you know, on the other side of this. Right. And our mind is constantly scanning for charm. Now, when I offer up the mantra to Mm -hmm. the mind, Mm -hmm. that mantra is extremely charming. And as it becomes more refined, as it does automatically, it becomes more charming and more charming and more charming. So my mind gets pulled into this blissful inner state, not because I'm trying to do it or trying to settle it down. I'm allowing the mind to follow the mantra. So the mantra is doing the work for me. Mm -hmm. And if we break down the word mantra, 
literally, I mean, man, manas in Sanskrit means mind. Mm-hmm. Tra, that's where we get our English word traction, tractor. Mm-hmm. It's the pulling power. It's a vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's a mind vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it's taking the mind away from all this busy, busy thinking, too much thinking, too much thinking. Settle down, settle down, settle down. And it's ridiculously easy when we know how. <laughs> but we have naturally this idea, oh, God, it's going to be, I'm never going to be able to do that. So the idea of finding a mantra then, you can give it someone, but could someone come up with their own? Not the particular class of mantra that we use for Vedic meditation. Right, no. okay. So that you need to come and find somebody who's trained right. to teach and is teaching correctly. That That's something. Okay, so, so it's not would, any old sound. It's no, not so like, you would assign that. You know, yeah, yeah. It's not like you could kind of come up with. And it's a very particular class of mantra. I mean, you'll see... Buddhist monks mm. chanting for hours on end. That's a completely different class of mantra. Okay. What we're using is a particular class called a bija mantra, which is specifically designed for this settling down and okay. this refinement. When you were saying that you teach people, um, do you ever have people say, am I doing it right? Or is it a very instant feeling that you know you're in it? You know, the only thing, it's a very good question, the only thing that kind of gets in the way of us doing it right Mm. is this thing that we have been trained to do in our society, which is to try. So our school system, I see it with Loey, my five-year-old, you know, try hard, concentrate, focus, apply yourself, memorize, all this stuff. And, you know... It's this idea that success is commensurate with effort. You try hard, you're going to be successful. Yep. And you come along and you learn to meditate. And the first thing that we say to you is no trying. Mm. But everybody does in the beginning. So what happens very often in the beginning is that I'm going to be a good meditator. Mm -hmm. And someone will use a little bit of effort. But actually what they find very quickly is once they step back from that and they just allow the they let go. It's a lesson on letting go. You Mm. let go and you let the process happen. It all happens beautifully. Mm. And the thing, you know, that I would say about this is in the process of doing the 20 minutes, it's lovely. It's a nice sort of settling down. Sometimes it's pretty active. There's actually a lot of thinking going on Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the technique that we teach. What we're most interested in is how do you feel in the other 23 hours of your life? You know, the reason that you're meditating is not for the 20 minutes itself, Mm-hmm. Nobody comes along to learn to meditate because everything's lovely jovely and they've got a spare 40 minutes in their day. Right. People are coming along to learn to meditate in order to bring about some upgrade, some some change, some refinement, some improvement. Mm. And that's what we're interested in. Well, that quite neatly brings us to the second point about the assertion that there's no time to meditate because everyone's really busy and mm. everyone is really busy. I mean, mm-hmm. when you say 20 minutes twice a day, I was thinking, all right, so I could get up 20 minutes early and I could probably... <laughs> <laughs> and when you said late afternoon, early evening, and I was thinking that's usually when I'm thinking, shit, I've got loads to do still. Yeah. So, there, you know, the mind or my mind instantly ran to... Christ, okay, how could I make 40 minutes? So Yeah, yeah, I had the same thing when okay. I got into a mild state of panic. I was like, yeah, what? 40 minutes? Although... Yeah. Interestingly, you know, when I learned, and this is what I hear from our students all the time, is that when you invest that 20 minutes, the return on that investment is, right. oh, I'm more focused. I'm more clear. I don't have to read that paragraph three times before mm. it sinks in. You know, mm. I'm not 
dithering oh, oh yeah i have clarity yeah i'm going to do that I, and in fact you find that you gain time in the process of investing that time and 20 minutes you know we think oh god 20 minutes is a long time but actually you know what is that a few emails a bit of instagram you know yeah. it's so easy well, it's to also push like, away time yeah. and the other thing i would that we notice is that when you are more energized and you are more balanced waking up is easier getting out of bed you know that used to be my thing when I learned to meditate before I learned to meditate I just you know that alarm would go off and I'd be pushing that snooze button and Mm. I did not want to get out of bed and I didn't have my energy levels even if I'd had an okay night's sleep I hadn't actually been resting that deeply start to meditate getting up is easier and in fact I had one of my students recently say that she's gained about an hour and a half she's sleeping an hour and a half less Mm -hmm. she's now started exercising she's doing a whole lot of other stuff that she wasn't doing and she feels more energetic right so she's made the time back yeah, and then some and some yeah you know? it's funny though it's, it, it makes me think of when people talk about having had children and i don't have children but lots of my friends do and they say the funny thing is i have less time at work but i get more done yeah. because you don't realize until you've actually shortened your day how much you can get how much you can get done if you're focused yeah 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 i know that as a mum, i'm like super you know focus and i think with meditation Mm. i have that clarity i have that energy i have the adaptability in a way that i didn't before yeah so i'm more productive i am more efficient i'll Mm. get through stuff and actually interestingly more clarity about what are the things that are actually important Mm -hmm. and i notice this time and time again you know people have been procrastinating about stuff they've been putting stuff off and then they learn to meditate and they start getting on with it or they start letting it go you know some thing that you've been holding on to you've been obsessing about you've been putting a lot of even if it's just thinking energy into Mm -hmm. it and you just find yourself you know what that is not my business but that's one of the most i think exhausting things is having an like a open tabs in your head where you're carrying all these things around that you haven't quite done and you're thinking at some point at some point at some point don't prioritize them because they're not that important but can't let them go yeah so the idea that you could just poof like <laughs> have the things you want to get on with and then quiet yeah. in the rest of the time is very appealing that yeah. sounds great yeah 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 and just clarify. if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you meet plush care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah. So the third thing we want to talk about is people who meditate. So you said at the beginning that you expected some sort of, you know, hemp wearing (laughs) monastic kind of figure to come out and, and introduce you to meditation. And actually, that's not the case. And 
you teach so many people. So tell yeah. me what people you get coming to you. Is it all walks of life? And also, who does it be- does it benefit a certain type of person the most? Or is it across the board beneficial? Across the board beneficial. Okay. And across the board from all walks of life. Mm. You know, it's not like it's all yoga loving, you know, um, nutribulleting, juicy people. You know, it's not that, it's not that, it's not, it's just, you know, I'll get a guy who works in the city, I'll get a mum with three kids, mm-hmm. I'll get a 13 year old who's got anxiety and is having trouble sleeping, you know, it just across the range. Yeah. Um, so. I, it's very interesting. It's sort of like it cuts across all areas. Does it work better for some than others? No, in Mm. the sense that this is a natural technique. It's a natural state. It's going to bring to you what you need. Mm. Um, And so it's not a certain type of person and mm-hmm. and interestingly it doesn't ask you to turn into a certain type of person mm-hmm. you know it's like oh right now i'm meditating i you know better cut down on that or i can't have a glass of wine or i can't do this or there's no rule book you know we don't it's not like you learn to meditate and we throw a rule book at you and say right you know you're only allowed one coffee and you've mm. got to eat more broccoli and you know mm. it's not that um change will come of mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. um However, it's, yeah, it's not prescriptive in that way and it's not demanding you to believe in something or change your life in any way. Yeah, and I, I want to talk to you a bit um, as well about the benefits of meditation. I know that we've spoken about lots of the benefits, but I'm thinking in particular of the moments in your life when you feel decision making's out of your control. You know, you're touching on the fundamentals of what this is going to do. What this is going to do is it's going to allow you to make better decisions. Right. Nobody makes their best decisions when they're tired and they're stressed. Hmm. It will not happen. So you might know, you know, all there is to know about what the effects are of eating, you know, a, a bar of chocolate. But in that moment of stress and you're feeling down and you're feeling put upon and you're feeling, you know, poor me and you know, or whatever, or just worked up or whatever it is, and you sit down and you want that comfort and you want that and you reach for something that if I was to sit you down and this person down in a quiet moment and say, you know, is that really, they would say, no, I don't, I'm not that person. But in that moment, I found myself eating that or drinking that or saying that. Yeah. Some of them are not great decisions and it's not because we don't intellectually know or we're a Mm. dummy or anything like that. It's simply we're in reaction mode. Yeah. You know, it's a stress reaction. And stress reactions make us dumb. We are making choices every moment of the day. You know, am I going to eat that? I'm going to eat that. Am I going to hang out with him or I'm going to hang out with him? Am I going to work there or not? You know, Mm. am I going to get that train or shall I get the bus? Whatever, whatever Mm. decisions we're making, consciously, (laughs) semi-consciously, unconsciously. And what I would say is everybody wants to make good decisions. Mm. We actually don't need some you know c-grade celebrity to tell us what those things are that we should be eating Mm. or whatever Mm. or we don't you know sort of outsourcing that intelligence which we actually have Mm -hmm. we know what it means to behave in a way that's kind and decent and all of that and when you're stressed and you're tired that kind of goes out the window yeah and in your quiet moments you sit down and you might reflect and think oh geez why did i say that you know 
it it's not in the moment yeah as you say it's a reaction a lot of um not a lot but some of my work is to do with you know healthy routines and health and things like that and sometimes I find that I have conversations with people who want me to give them this silver bullet you know they want me to say the answer to being healthy and having loads of energy is to take a shake have this shake it costs 200 quid and you have it every day and you'll feel amazing and actually the thing that I like and hate saying to people when they say to me you know you've tried loads of stuff what's worked the best I'm like go to bed early (laughs) eat three times a day don't eat too much sugar don't have don't live on caffeine it's so simple but but that said I know it's so simple and even I don't do it even though I you know so it is interesting that you can know stuff intellectually and really know it but not necessarily do it because you're not you're making good decisions all the time yeah because you're not balanced you're not feeling great Mm -hmm. you're a little bit stressed in your system so you've got all that stress biochemistry which is revving you up you know, your mind is a bit foggy because you've got all that stuff rattling around in your head and you're still thinking about that run-in that you had with that person, but now you're in a different situation and you haven't kind of yeah. shifted gears and, you know, you're not fully present here because I'm still thinking about what that person said to me, you yeah. know. Things and it's stick, like, don't they? And yeah. then they almost stack up, so yeah. suddenly your brain is full. Layer upon layer. I call it like yeah. layers on an onion, you know. Yeah. Like what we want to do is we just want to peel them off. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah. you know gets you back um, to your core self yeah i mean it's like you know you have a light bulb Mm. and it's a hundred watt light bulb well you know if you start layering a whole lot of dust and crud on it Mm -hmm. it might only be shining you know five percent ten percent what we want to do is we want to get all those layers of muck and everything off and then this thing starts to really shine and Mm. that's in my view what meditation's doing you know there's all these hundred watt light bulbs but they're kind of distorted Mm. they're covered up and it's a matter of getting rid of the stuff that's actually not true to who you are lovely metaphor of that and then you can be who you want to be um i know so for the final point i i I was talking to jillian and i was saying could you just you know tell everyone how to meditate basically and she and jillian was like no you know you you can't just you can't just explain how to do it just like that so could you explain um the structure of the course and how it is that people learn with you and then kind of give we were talking about like an insight into like a simple kind of meditation inspired technique that you could do at home. Sure. So to learn Vedic meditation is a very specific um, process and it's a very traditional way that's been taught for decades. And we follow that in its purity. And I think that's very important um, because this is such powerful knowledge and Mm -hmm. we want to do it right. And so what we ask is that you come along and meet us and come to an intro talk. Um, and if you can't do that, you know, I've got somebody who's living out of town. We did that on the phone and then she's coming to learn. And the course is over four consecutive days. It's four two hour sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, normally we'll teach Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the end of that, you know how to meditate. You have a tool for life, and we're there holding your hand along the way, and there's a lot of ongoing support. You know, we call it like a lifetime of follow-up. And you'll start to notice changes really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. So that's the way that is structured, um, and those courses are happening in London and New York regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what we're doing full-time. You know, I always say that there's there's different ways to sort of different you know ways to get on the ladder mm-hmm. and the first rung on the ladder might be as simple as saying well instead of just going straight to my phone and looking at that or reading that 
free newspaper on the um, train or whatever, um, actually I'm going to sit down and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to tune in to what's going on in my body. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really simple thing, you know, I call it body feeling. And because our body is storing the tension, mm-hmm. the stress resides in our physiology. You know, if someone's feeling panicked, Mm-hmm. they'll be able to detect those sensations Yes, my, in their chest, their solar plexus, wherever. Yeah, my psychoanalyst said for every feeling you have, there is a physical response to it. And that's very, very much established that, you know, that's why people exactly. say, I feel it in my stomach, I feel it in my gut or whatever it is. So having a headache can just as easily come from emotions and stress as it yeah. can from an yeah. issue. Exactly. And we think, of, we think stress is so much in the head and it's an emotion, whereas... And it might start there. Mm. However, it's residing in your physiology. But then when you're doing your body scanning, what if you're finding unpleasant things? What if your stomach hurts and your head hurts and your feet hurt? Well, what I would say is sit down, close the eyes and allow allow your attention to go to the most dominant sensation in the physiology. Mm -hmm. This technique is really interesting if you're having trouble falling asleep. You know, I would advise you just to lie down, palms facing up, close the eyes. Because what's keeping the mind busy is actually all of the agitation in the body. So what happens there? Let's say I'm on the train. I close Mm. my eyes Mm. and I start to notice what is the most dominant sensation in the physiology at that moment. And I allow my awareness to go there. Now what's happening is I'm not... And notice my language. I'm not concentrating or focusing on the sensation. It's like I'm witnessing it. I'm noticing it. And the sensation may well move about in the body. These sensations are points of tension and stress. And by me bringing my awareness to it, I'm doing more than just noticing it. I'm actually facilitating some release. It's a bit like a knot in a rope, you know. It's starting to unravel a little bit because I'm attending to it. And whatever Mm -hmm. we put our attention on in life, we change, we Mm -hmm. affect it. So by doing that, I'm allowing for some de-excitation and I'm allowing for some release to happen. Mm -hmm. You do that for three minutes, five minutes, and you'll come out and you'll feel lighter and you'll feel more present and more grounded and you'll be, you will have lost something. You will have lost some stress. You will have lost some tension. It is deceptively simple uh, Mm -hmm. and it's a really nice choice to make because it's so easy to get pulled out into all of this you know doing and all Mm. of this you know visual stuff that we have on our phones and everything and you know just closing our eyes that itself (laughs) you know there's all the stimulation isn't it all the time it's like it's constantly coming at us so much and just think about these devices that you know we're spending a lot of time on Mm. um it's having a big effect and just it's interesting you know i'm seeing more and more people noticing the effect of just on their eyes they learn to meditate and they'll notice pressure behind their temples watering of their eyes and i link it directly to yeah. screen time thank you very much for coming oh, on and explaining vedic meditation and of course i will link to everything in the show notes so thank you very much for listening Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.